This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. This is where you can find it all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. And I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. We are your hosts for Downtown Lowdown. This is episode 27, and it's our 15th weekly special COVID-19 episode. We're recording this episode via video conferencing, so we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. We'll start this episode with a conversation with Jeff Ransom, General Manager of the Halifax Marriott Harborfront Hotel, a 352-room, four-diamond hotel located directly on the boardwalk overlooking the Halifax Harbor. Jeff will talk to us about how the Marriott Harborfront has coped with the pandemic, and he'll also give us his take on the pandemic's impact on the hotel industry as a whole. Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission, will give us updates on DHBC's virtual AGM and latest advocacy efforts. We'll also review what businesses have been doing since the Nova Scotia government eased restrictions as the next steps of reopening the province. We'll then finish with what to expect when entering a business in downtown Halifax and how you can support them during this gradual re-energizing of the economy. This episode is being recorded on Friday, June 19th, 2020. Information regarding the pandemic and businesses reopening is still changing. So to keep up to date, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19 or novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. Now we begin our discussion with Ivy and Jeff Branson, General Manager of the Halifax Marriott Harborfront Hotel. Today we are welcoming Jeff Ransom, General Manager of the Halifax Marriott Harborfront Hotel, a 352-room, four-diamond hotel located directly on the boardwalk overlooking Halifax Harbor. On today's podcast, Jeff will talk to us about how the Marriott Harborfront has responded to COVID-19, and as a member of the Halifax Hotel Association, Jeff will tell us his views on the pandemic's impact on the hotel industry as a whole and his expectations for the future of the industry. So, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of uh, news lately on uh, on tourism and um, the hotel industry, so I do have a few questions for you, and my first one is... Uh, Right from the beginning, let's uh, go back to the beginning of the, the pandemic first. Now, can you tell us how the Marriott Harborfront has been doing uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic? Take us through what the hotel has gone through from lockdown to now. Uh, you know, it, it's it's been a journey for us. We've gone through a variety of different stages of grieving and frustration and anger and, and all of those pieces. Um, the, the hardest part was as we kind of you know raced towards the cliff in mid-March was watching all of our occupancy drop and and laying off so many of our associates. You know, we, we generally have, you know, at this time of the year, we would have 300 associates working at the hotel. Um, we have 14. And uh, so seeing, you know, 230 people uh, have to leave us, you know, even temporarily um, was, was hard. And then I guess readjusting to a world where, you know, we didn't know uh, what would come day to day, but we knew it would be slow. And we found ourselves still very busy dealing with all of the things that go on, even in the slow environment. So it's it's been quite emotional. It's been quite emotional if I was to sum it up in one word. Um, obviously, over the last six weeks, you know, we've seen some green shoots. And I do believe throughout this whole time, uh, we've always been communicating a, a, a perspective of positivity. Uh, uh, you know, we have to be optimistic. We have to uh, believe that we're all going to get through this. Um, but we also know that where we end up will be different than where we began. Um, for our industry and, and the hotel industry and tourism, but, you know, I think we're looking at a three to four year recovery period before we actually kind of get back to what we've seen in the past. 
And that's hard. That's hard because it's hard on people. Uh, it's not, a, it's not about, um, you know, the amount of transactions that we do at a hotel. It's about, you know, trying to get everyone back on our boat, trying to, you know, have all of our sisters come back. So over the last few weeks, some, some good signs. You know, we've had some successes with seeing that, uh, that the tourism industry has now, uh, you know, been, been spoken of in, in the public light. We've had some uh, success with getting meetings uh, and, and gathering sizes increased. Um, but the truth is, until we say as frequently as we said, stay home, isolate, be safe, until we say it's safe enough times, it's uh, encourage people to come back out. Uh, and get people to enjoy the restaurants, the patios, the, you know, have meetings face to face, um, feel safe traveling throughout the province, you know, feel safe traveling, hopefully throughout the tri-Atlantic tri bubble, uh, shortly, you know, we will, uh, we will kind of always be looking for more. Yeah, it's really about, you know, turning that message around from stay the blazes home to it's yeah. safe now. Come on out and enjoy downtown, enjoy the province. Uh, and hopefully that Atlantic bubble will, will open up. But, uh, before we get to that, um, I know that the, the hotel has done a number of things to, you know, to use the overused term pivot, uh, but <laughs> to pivot in the past few, uh, few weeks. Um, so can you tell us a, a bit about some of the initiatives that uh, the Marriott has put together uh, to sure. make the hotel more viable? Absolutely. I mean, I guess the first thing that I should say is that before we pivoted to anything about uh, the business side of, of, our, of our hotel, we actually pivoted to saying to ourselves, well, how are we going to help out everyone else? Mm -hmm. That was kind of our initial, uh, you know, move. And, you know, you know, when you're running a hotel at 100% occupancy or thereabouts and, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of banquets on the books in the next little while, you end up having a lot of food <laughs> at the hotel. So our first pivot really was how do we make sure that we take it from a situation where this could just spoil and not get used at all? Uh, to finding different places that we could donate the food to and help others. So that was kind of our first pivot, to, to use that word. Um, since then, you know, we've started to say to ourselves, how do we slowly turn our lights back on? You know, people are looking for different things. You know, the isolation uh, really actually proved to be, you know, hard for people to get through. So they've been looking for opportunities. So a couple, uh, week and a half ago, we did our first pop-up patio. Um, we just said, you know, we're just going to open for a day. You know, we don't have any intentions of opening the patio until July 1st. Um, but it was a nice sunny day coming up. And uh, on, a, I think, a Tuesday of that week, we said Thursday we'll open the patio. And we did. And it was a lot of fun. You know, it was it was a different experience. There was, you know, certainly lots of arrows on the ground to tell people which way to go. Bathrooms were monitored. Um, our associates, uh, for the most part, well, all of them, are wearing masks. You know, and that was something that uh, – we just felt would make people feel more comfortable. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had a resounding successful day. And, and the weather, although the weather, the forecast was better than it actually proved to be, it didn't stop anyone from, from coming out. Everyone uh, made their reservations and held their reservations, and then we had a few people walk in as well. So it was a full, uh, full day on the patio. The other uh, new event that we're on is uh, pop-up uh, graduations or, or proms. And, uh, that's taking place next week. And, and really, we just said to ourselves, you know, th this is something that, you know, I have a daughter that's graduated from university this year. And uh, that was her one issue with all of that was going on. I mean, she didn't want to complain about anything else, but she certainly let me know that, uh, you know, she'd been robbed of her opportunity to graduate with her friends and colleagues. Um, so, you know, and I won't take any credit for the idea. I just know that 
in the background when this idea started to come up from the team, um, I knew that there might be some demand for this. And uh, and sure enough, I think, and this has all been done through social media. We, we really, you know, we really haven't had uh, uh, any money to invest in anything other than that. Um, but we've picked up, I think, 11 uh, mini proms already. And uh, they were initially, the idea was to just have uh, 10 members of a family bubble kind of gather together and celebrate, um, you know, their, the graduation uh, for, for one of their, you know, sons, daughters, cousins, nieces, nephews. Um, and now it's kind of turning into a little bit more, you know, uh, open. You know, we've had a couple calls where it's it's students. And since there isn't that requirement to be in the same family bubble, you know, we're opening up our doors to that. Um, we still yeah, the know limit that, has been increased to 50 now, so the groups can be bigger now. That's right. And the social yeah. and the bubbles have actually, <laughs> what was that expression? The bubbles are burst. Yes. So, <laughs> so people are going to use that, uh, jump on that, right? So yep. yeah, it, it did open that up for us. And uh, like I said, I think we have 10 or 11 right now in the books. We're still getting a few calls about it. Uh, you know, we wanted to do something that people could celebrate. It's a big milestone. It's, it's, it, is, you know, yeah. it is your, you know, I mean, marriage, you know, uh, you know, buying a home. Those are those are other major milestones. But but this is a huge milestone. It's the first major milestone in a young person's life. So we, we decided to go into that. So lots of fun. That's great. That's a that's a lot of pivoting, you know, in a positive ways, you know, donating back, you know, giving back to the community, uh, you know, and and the proms, you know, giving back to the students that work so hard during the year, uh, you know, is great. And the patios, that's great that uh, you got some some good uh, feedback from the patios. It may look different, but the economy is open. So, you know, people are are able to come back. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what kind of changes has the Marriott Harborfront, speaking of looking different, uh, you know, what kind of changes has the Marriott uh, made to ensure that next level sanitized safe space for guests during the pandemic? So uh, two approaches, I guess. Firstly, you know, I, I do want to mention um, one of the things that uh, not only has the Marriott uh, and the Marriott brand uh, carried for, but, but hotels in general have always had a lot of um, guidelines in and around cleanliness and sanitation. So we, we have a lot of uh, processes in place, whether it's brand standards or Canada Select does, uh, you know, uh, surveys of hotels or the four diamond, uh, diamond awards. All of these things uh, do a review of the property, how clean it is, the services and all of that. So, so I would want to let you know that hotels in general have a great base point for this. But with, with what's gone on, we need to manage also people's perception of this, too. Um, and as, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Marriott and, and our hotel, all of our associates are wearing masks. Uh, we've uh, we've got, you know, some floor signage that speaks about social distancing um, that helps people identify where they should line up and how they should line up for service, certain services. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, in and out exit and entrance marked on our doors so that people can, you know, choose which side and, you know, generally follow the, the traffic signals, let's call it, for for moving around the property. And and the last piece of the puzzle is really, you know, as much as we always kept the place clean, we now spend more time wiping high-touch areas and sterilizing things um, to try and make sure that not only are we doing it for ourselves to make it safe, we also want people to realize that it's safe, to feel that it's safe, to see that it's safe. Um, as I said earlier, the, the challenge that we face is that there's been, you know, 90 consecutive days of five times a day an announcement taking place to stay home, that that's the only way you can stay safe, you know, and family bubbles was the only approach, you know, stay with just very few people isolated. 
Um, if we want people to feel comfortable venturing out, we felt like it would be the wisest step would be to make these changes um, and really kind of implement them on a whole scale basis so people feel safer. Yes, I, I know that there's a, a message on the, the hotel's website, so you probably spend a lot of time communicating we what do. you're doing to cl- potential clients, to current clients, uh, just to make sure that they are feeling safe and, and that it's uh, it's okay to book a hotel room or a meeting at the hotel. Absolutely, and I should mention, because uh, you know, as, as important it is for us to tell our, our customers that, we spend a lot of time communicating with our associates that aren't here. Um, you know, we uh, we have at least once or twice a week a fairly robust uh, email communication with all of the things that we're doing to make it safe for them to get back to work. Uh, we talk to them about our efforts to try and make sure that there's work to come back to. Um, so so that's we've received a lot of good feedback about that. I'm pretty proud of that situation. Great. Um, so this is June 19th. We're recording this on June 19th, and the the Atlantic bubble hasn't happened yet. Uh, so currently, um, you know, the staycation is being promoted, you know, within Nova Scotia. So do you think that will – how will that affect your hotel's business? We can get to the Atlantic bubble in a minute, but um, say that, you know, you know since it's not hasn't happened yet, let's talk about the staycations. Sure, sure. Uh, and I probably can answer it in the context of, a, of an Atlantic bubble, too. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, look, um, firstly, I, uh, you know, I want to applaud the notion of buying local. I think that's a great notion. I think that we've got some history of that in Halifax and Nova Scotia. Um, so I would, what I'm about to say, I don't want to take away from any of that thinking or anyone's viewpoint on that. I, I think the staycations are, are a nice idea. But I certainly am not looking for that to be a lifeline or to save the hotel. If, if, if I was to describe it without meaning to be harsh in any way, shape, or form, um, it's moving me from a comatose state to life support. You know, right. we're, we're really not getting anywhere, um, you know. Um, and, and I would say that the, the, the challenge is twofold. One is, um, you know, we, we won't have enough volume because there's not enough people moving around the province. You know, we, we've got to recognize that they've, you know, a lot of people have suffered uh, their own personal economics in this, in this environment. So, you know, there's, there, there's a capacity for them to be able to go out and enjoy. Um, so that, that's one challenge. And the second thing is, is we haven't broken through uh, some of the uh, language that's been used in the past about essential travel only and, um, you know, that repetitive nature of trying to keep people safe, which was perfectly appropriate and absolutely essential at the time. Um, but just, uh, you know, I was talking to a colleague earlier today, you know, when we open up a business, any business, you know, we, of course, spend all of our time or a lot of our time planning on how to open our doors. But we spend an equal amount of time planning on how we're going to get customers how we're going to market to them, how we're going to tell them that. And I don't think this environment's conducive yet to reach out to people and say, hey, come visit, um, because there still is that perception that it's not safe and there's still some anxiety out there. And, I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I tell my friends in my social network that we're now nine days, is it, or is it ten now, days without a new case. Um, I feel pretty safe. Uh, but... I understand why some people might not. I mean, you know, if you have an underlying condition, you know, you may be anxious about this. You know, if you, you, you know, if you have a, a family member that's older and you, you know, you're going to be, you know, visiting them, you may be hesitant, right? So, so that would be the, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of what I see as the obstacle for the staycation notion right now. Love the idea though. Not taken away from that. 
of course not, no, but I know that an Atlantic bubble would be way more conducive to business uh, in, yeah. in the hotel industry. Um, yeah. and, and we're hoping for that, that announcement next month. And if the epidemiology, you know, continues the, the way it is and that we can sustain that, you know, flat, uh, the flatness of that curve. <laughs> um, so what, what do you think of the Atlantic bubble uh, with yeah. the other provinces? I, I, I love the idea of wherever possible expanding our bubble with other safe areas. You know, um, and so so the Atlantic bubble, I think, is is the right thinking. It's it's people saying, look, you know, there's no cases over there. There's no cases over here. Why don't we why don't we allow ourselves to intermingle? You know, let's take down the 14 day isolation requirement. Um, let's realize that you're safe. We're safe. We're safe together. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. I would go further if, if you don't mind and just say, go that. Ahead. you know, there are other parts of the world, you know, um, and I'm going to use one that's very far away as an example. but New Zealand is also a, a, a country, an entire country that doesn't have any cases. I know they had a couple recently, but I'm just saying they've had all of the right protocols in place to make themselves safe. Why not take that bubble mentality and expand it to anywhere that it's safe? You know, and I, we know that life's a risk. We step outside of our door in the morning, we get in the car, there's a risk just driving to work. Um, but where that risk is reasonable, you know, I think there's an opportunity to expand. So, I love the idea. You know, 57% or 54%, I, uh, one of those two numbers, is how much uh, inbound traffic comes to Halifax from the Tri-Atlantic region. Uh, beyond that, Quebec and Ontario, obviously the next two highest provinces, and then northeastern United States. Um, so to see that, that's, the, you know, we're, we're, we're moving from comatose to, to uh, on-life support, uh, you know, to... You know, we're starting to take our first few breaths and, and hopefully seeing uh, uh, this get behind us a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so super excited. Well, kind yeah. of, I, I'm excited by that opportunity. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really waiting for that announcement, <laughs> With for, the, for, at least the Atlantic bubble. Yeah, and for multiple reasons. I mean, so you, you asked me, of course, in the, in the, you know, in the perspective of the hotel and the hotel business. But I, I also, ha- you know, personally, I have family that visit me every year um, from Ontario that, you know, we love to have hosts, and I take my vacation time in around that. And so, you know, until, like, I literally texted them yesterday saying, it sounds like you guys can come and visit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in August. I mean, because they're from Ontario. Right. But, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, I personally find that incredibly nurturing is spending time with my family. So, um, you know, I think that that's something that, you know, when you ask the question and you get an answer from a business perspective, people might miss out on that answer. And I think that's actually yeah. as important. Absolutely. My dad is turning 90 in yeah. October and he's in right. Ontario. Right. So the prospect of missing out on that is, uh, is pretty yeah. heartbreaking. And yeah. uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has those kinds of stories. So, well, yeah. think of, think of all the weddings, you know, mm-hmm. that I, I think of that were canceled this summer. Um, you know, and and now that you know you can have that gathering and that gathering size a little bit better, I, I'm sure there's a few people. And we we we've had wedding inquiries even before this. And I'm sure there's a few people that are saying, okay, we when we have a chance to get together, get our family together, get our friends together, celebrate a huge milestone in our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So we've talked about some tourism, uh, but how about the meetings? <laughs> the meetings industry, that's a big industry for, for the hotels. Sure. Um, so how do you think the, the hotels and meetings industries um, has have dealt with the pandemic overall? Uh, dealt with. That's a great, great question. I, I, I'm going to try and answer in a couple different ways. So firstly, I, I think 
they've really suffered the sharp end of the spear. Um, as, as has tourism in general, um, with when you have travel, you know, restrictions, you know, obviously those are the folks that are being impacted. I, I think that meetings, especially for associations and, and other groups are, are incredibly important. That's what actually funds them and keeps them alive and running for the following year. I think meetings, you know, when you take them into a social gathering perspective, um, have been uh, hugely impacted. When I think about how they've dealt with it, I think, you know, there's, there's quite a few meeting planners, uh, event uh, holders that uh, we won't see again. You know, unfortunately, they will. Uh, it's, it's very hard to kind of be sustainable in this environment, um, especially when you're not only, you know, is 2020 gone for a lot in a lot of ways. Um, but these things usually have generally long lead times. So you're planning 21, 22. You know, if you don't have the bandwidth. Uh, today, because of what's going on in your business, you're not even ready to take on 21 or 22, right? So, so they've, they've really had a hard time. I, you know, as you know, I hope, um, we can have meetings, uh, in Halifax and Nova Scotia. We just have to make sure they're socially distant. Um, and, uh, that means that, you know, it's again one of those stories of where the uh, store is open, but no one knows yet. Um, so we've just got to try and make sure we get the word out. So I'm really glad you asked the question because it allows me to at least tell everyone that, you know, uh, the meeting industry uh, is alive if people want to uh, partake in it. And, uh, and I think we're all trying to see if we can get people to realize that, you know, as much as uh, Zoom and Skype and uh, Microsoft uh, have all had great uh, products for us to use, there's nothing that replaces Facebook. Okay. So, Jeff, if I gave you a crystal ball, <laughs> you look into the future, you know, when the pandemic has passed, we have a, a vaccine, uh, everything is fine. Do you think the, the meetings and hotel industries uh, have been changed forever or is will it be back to normal? Like just, you know, business as usual after the pandemic? Yeah, a great question. I, I, I know a lot of people have said this, uh, that, that we have there will be a new normal. Um, and I think that, you know, in a lot of ways, a lot of stuff can come back and will come back. But I think there'll always be a little bit of a, a more of a safety conscious uh, as it relates to cleaning and sterilization. You know, I don't foresee, uh, at least for the short term, you know, and when I say that end of year, probably, I don't foresee me, you know, saying, hey, let's take off our masks. So we don't have to worry about it anymore. I think that's more of trying to make sure that we respect how other people feel and provide them with safety. Uh, you know, I know, for example, in our company, the way we go about cleaning guest rooms will change. We're looking at different technologies, electrostatic spray units that, you know, have antivirals in them so that we can, you know, really kind of step back and say, yes, it was always clean, but now it's clean and sterilized. Um, and, uh, and I think there is a, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So this will help there us is. do a better job. Now, obviously in the interim, we've got other ways of doing that. We, uh, we wait periods of time before we go into rooms. We use a, a spray solution that we go and wipe down all the surfaces. Um, but this electrostatic kind of technology, from what I understand, will actually help us get a bit more back to being able to be as efficient as we were in the past, allowing as many guests to stay at the hotel, um, allowing the, the, you know, wherever hotels operate to still have that capacity of guest rooms so that they can entertain tourism. Um, so, so there's, there's some changes. I think in regards to the meetings industry, you know, we are trying to figure out what components of that should be virtual. So as an example today, you know, if you were trying to attend a meeting in Nova Scotia from Ontario, you'd have this 14 day isolation 
uh, issue, so you couldn't attend. Um, and, and, you know, so do we have the rest of the participants gather, you know, in Nova Scotia and have two people join in from British Columbia and Ontario virtually, right? So I think hybrid meetings will be something that comes out of this. Um, I think, you know, and then there's going to be some social distancing that I think ends up staying in place, a recognition that we are just a little safer together being a little further apart, right? So, right. so stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your insight, Jeff. I really appreciate your talking to us. Um, anything else you'd like to add before uh, we say goodbye? Like I've said, um, you know, we need, we, we're going to need some leadership to get out of this. You know, when I, and I'm going to, I'm going to really talk about Halifax now and get, get kind of focused in on, on the core of the municipality, the city of Halifax for a second. And, um, you know, I've been working and, and for, for, you know, anyone who's listening that doesn't know where I am, I'm, I'm just on Upper Water Street. So I can see the traffic that comes into the city every morning from my office. And I've been here when, you know, it was a ghost town. You know, and there was no traffic at all. And I'm here today, June 19th, and there's a few cars going by. So, um, but, you know, we're, we're going to struggle with the idea of getting everyone back downtown. Um, and we're going to struggle against the notion that, uh, you know, it's safer to be in, a, in an environment with fewer people than with more people. And I think that, firstly, I think that when you have no cases in the province, it's, it's safe everywhere in the province. Okay, I think we've got to find a way to say that properly. Um, I think that, you know, without people coming downtown to work, to play, uh, to visit and to stay, you know, we're going to uh, lose our vibrancy, you know, lose the soul of what matters to the city, in my opinion. So so I'm looking for not just and I'm not looking to the politicians. I don't want to put anybody. I'm not putting our mayor and councilor on the spot. I actually, you know, I have to applaud all of our political leaders and all of the different things that they've done, you know, but I do need their help. We do need that, that leadership as well to try and make sure we encourage people. That. But also I would be talking to our business leaders in and around the city as well. Um, there's going to be challenges with getting daycare and transit and all of these things. But, uh, but we, we need to be optimistic about being in the city. We need to remember why we, we chose the city. And I, I'm just trying to say that I think it's really important that we find our voice in that because there's plenty of reasons, like I said, not to. So that would kind of, you know, if you don't mind, that would be my closing kind of comment on it. I just, uh, That's fine. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day where I walk down the boardwalk and, uh, you know, there's not only a, a whole pile of sailboats in the harbor, but there's a lot of people walking along enjoying their beaver tail and, and a glass of beer at a pageant. Yeah, I think uh, I think everyone's really waiting for all the employees, the workers to come back downtown and work uh, and rather than working from home. Uh, I know that our office is transitioning back into the office. So, you know, we're hopefully leading the way uh, as well as others. Right so, on. OK, so thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. Jeff Ransom is the general manager of the Halifax Marriott Harborfront Hotel located on Upper Water Street in downtown Halifax. For more information on the Marriott Harborfront Hotel and their operations under COVID-19, visit their Facebook page at Halifax Marriott Harborfront or their Instagram account at Halifax Marriott. To book a stay, call 902-421-1700 or visit their website by searching Halifax Marriott Harborfront Hotel. We now have Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He will give us an update on DHBC's virtual AGM and latest advocacy and marketing efforts. So, Paul, give us the scoop. 
Okay, well, we're, we're very excited. We're going to be hosting our first ever virtual, as far as I know, first ever virtual uh, annual general meeting. Uh, I think it's pretty safe to say it is our first. <laughs> I have to say, I've been, you know, I've been there for 18 years. I probably, we couldn't do virtual meetings before that. It would have cost a million dollars probably in the, in the late 90s. But, um, yeah, so we, that's a not-for-profit society. We, of course, have to have an annual general meeting, and we, and we usually like having those because uh, it's, it's another way to engage with our members, uh, touch base about what's been happening over the past year, what's, uh, what's coming up. Uh, we always replenish our board of directors. Uh, we'll be adding some some folks and uh, and sadly saying goodbye to a couple of folks who uh, whose terms have ended. Um, but that uh, is taking place uh, Wednesday, uh, June 24th, and that starts at 9:30 in the morning. Uh, to register, if you haven't seen uh, the updates, uh, um, the link in our updates, uh, you can just email info at downtownhalifax.ca and get registered for that. And it's taking place on Zoom, so you'll be, you'll have a chance to. Submit questions and, and watch the presentation. Um, and we'll talk uh, a lot about uh, the, I guess, the pre-COVID, the past year, uh, which took place pre-COVID. It was year one of our of our new strategic plan, uh, which was very successful. We had a lot of great programs, and then like everything else, the world changed uh, in mid-March. And so we'll talk a bit about what the what the upcoming year looks like. So that's our AGM. Hopefully, uh, members can uh, can attend. Um, and as uh, as downtown is, is reopening um, in in many ways, uh, it's very exciting. Um, and so we're shifting our focus a lot. Obviously, we, we've been doing a lot of communications. This podcast is is only one of the communication channels we've been uh, we've been doing. Um, but but you know, focusing on communicating to members about about the changes, and of course, we'll continue to do that. Uh, but we're shifting our focus a bit more now to to really start promoting the fact that that downtown is is open is reopening. Um, and so we're working on some exciting new marketing initiatives uh, and a new brand new summer campaign. And so you'll be seeing uh, some of that coming out uh, fairly soon. So we're very excited about that. And again, it's really all about, um, you know, how we can support our businesses, get customers back into restaurants, back into stores, uh, and also some encouragement around around getting uh, office workers coming back to downtown, because, of course, that, that's a big part of our market. And as we're talking with with Jeff, just being prepared for what what the tourism season might bring. It's it seems to be always shifting sands. So at the very least, we we expect to welcome uh, fellow Nova Scotians to Halifax, uh, but potentially people from uh, from across Canada as well, uh, probably later in the summer. So we're waiting to hear more details around that. Um, other updates is uh, we've been talking a bit about uh, obviously changes that are happening to some of the downtown streets, uh, really with a focus to creating more space for restaurants outside, um, creating some sidewalk cafe and patio space. And so there's already been some changes, the, the major one being uh, the closure of Argyle Street to vehicles uh, for the entire summer. Um, and uh, we're looking at some other changes that we've been talking with the city about. And so there's a couple of other streets uh, that are going to be uh, narrowed. If they're, if they're two-way or have multiple lanes of traffic, they're going to be narrowed. Uh, these aren't uh, the good news, I guess, for people that are looking to still drive around through downtown. These aren't kind of the main traffic thoroughfare streets. Uh, they're streets that, that are relatively easy to close. Everything like this is always complicated. But we've had great conversations with the members and with the city about what changes can be made. So over the course of the next week or two, I do expect that we'll see announcements on two or three additional streets. Another big change uh, that we're seeing, which is very exciting, is uh, because there's no cruise ships this year, uh, Port of Halifax is actually opening up the Halifax Cruise Seawall, which is the area kind of in behind the, the farmer's market where uh, most people wouldn't know that it was there because uh, for the last 20 years or so, you haven't been allowed to access that. It's been a place where cruise ships dock and, and cruise pastures come off, and it's always been fenced off uh, for Haligonians, but that's been opened up again uh, as, it, as it once was, and I know there's some seating and plants and things out there as well, so uh, it's another place, it's, it's yet another reason to come to downtown Halifax, um, 
you know, to come back and enjoy it if you, in fact, walked along there 20 years ago. Uh, but if you've never been along there, it's a, it's a great way to explore. And, and that's what we want to encourage everyone is that, you know, as these different changes are happening, it, it, it gives another reason to come down uh, and explore Halifax in a way that perhaps you haven't before. So uh, we're always encouraging people to rediscover downtown. Um, also, some other physical changes downtown, the Hollow Street bike lane. If you've been down Hollow Street recently, the, the bike lane is, is under construction right now. It's, it's looking great. Uh, so if you're a cyclist, um, that, that's a great way to, to, to transfer your commute uh, downtown, hop on your bike and, and do it in a much uh, more safe way. Uh, and there's also going to be a, a temporary one on Lower Water Street. Sorry, not temporary. It's going to be a, a permanent bike lane, but uh, it's going to have some temporary infrastructure. Um, and then the permanent infrastructure is going to be happening uh, next summer. We do want to remind members that, of course, uh, as you're doing changes, make sure that, that you're open. Don't assume that your customers know uh, that your business is open. Uh, so anything that you're doing through social media, make sure that you, you tag downtown Halifax or just share the information with us. Uh, and you can send that directly to communications at downtownhalifax.ca. Uh, and we would love to help uh, promote whatever it is uh, that you're doing. Um, and finally, in, uh, in exciting events, uh, so um, one of the big events that we always look forward to every spring was an event called Open City, uh, which is a way to, to, for people to come down, and, and uh, there, was, there was great you know, entertainment options and takeout options. And again, it was really about um, you know, locals coming down and, and rediscovering the downtown and the urban core, not just downtown Halifax, but downtown Dartmouth and the North End and Quimple Road and Spring Garden, those areas. Um, that that uh, event was postponed this year uh, because spring just wasn't the time to have it. Um, but it's actually been uh, reimagined as Reopen City, uh, and that's actually happening over the course of four weekends, and it starts uh, this this week, uh, June 27th. Uh, and it's very exciting. So um, individual businesses register for that, and they have either different specials or some sort of value added piece or something that they're doing that's a little bit different than what they than what they normally do. And so it creates a, a little bit of a uh, almost like a roadmap of, of, of the area where you can visit a number of well, lots of different businesses and just kind of experience them uh, potentially in a different way. And so we're still having businesses sign up for that. They're registering. We've got 26 so far uh, in downtown Halifax alone. Uh, there's over 60 businesses um, across the urban core that have registered for reopen city. And so, um, so we'll, we'll continue to give updates for that and it'll change a bit over the course of the four weeks, but we would encourage people to, uh, to save some time, set some time aside and, um, and come and rediscover, uh, our reopen city. Okay. Thanks, Paul. We were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. He updated us on DHPC's virtual AGM and latest marketing efforts and advocacy. Downtown Halifax Business Commission is committed to providing the latest information to DHBC members to help businesses through these challenging times. In response to COVID-19, DHBC has followed the directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority in asking businesses in downtown Halifax to do the same. Check out some of DHBC's resource pages for businesses and the public. For the main COVID-19 business resource page, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. For what's open in downtown Halifax, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open. On March 22, 2020, the province of Nova Scotia declared a state of emergency. The Nova Scotia government has extended the state of emergency to June 28, 2020. Police are authorized to enforce orders under the Protection Act related to self-isolation and physical distancing and can issue summary offense tickets to those not adhering to these orders. On June 18th, Premier McNeil and Dr. Strang, Chief Medical Officer of Health for Nova Scotia, announced new gathering limits given the low rates of COVID-19 in the province. People can now gather in groups of up to 10 without physical distancing. People in a group are not required to be exclusive, but they are strongly encouraged to maintain a consistent group. 
Gatherings of up to 50 are allowed, but people must observe physical distancing of two meters or six feet. This larger gathering limit applies to social events, faith gatherings, sports and physical activity, weddings and funerals, and arts and culture events like theater performances, dance recitals, festivals, and concerts. Also, playgrounds can start reopening. Atrium and other owners of playgrounds will need time to prepare for reopening, so people should not expect them to be open immediately. View full notices and other recently lifted restrictions from the Nova Scotia government at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus slash hashtag alerts. These were just some of the measures that may affect businesses and visitors and workers in downtown Halifax. To support businesses that are currently open, recently opened, and those planning to reopen or expand their services, the province has developed an online resource at novascotia.ca slash reopening dash nova dash scotia. The site provides information to help businesses begin to develop plans and procedures to keep themselves, their staff, and the public safe. I'd like to remind listeners that we are recording this episode on Friday, June 19th, 2020. Up next, we'll chat with Hannah Bailey, DHBC's Communications and Marketing Coordinator. She will tell us what to expect when going into an establishment. She's been out and about in downtown Halifax shopping and visiting businesses, so she can give us a first-hand account of what it's like. Alana is also back to let us know how the public can support businesses in downtown Halifax. So hello, Hannah and Alana. What's going on in downtown Halifax? Thanks, Ivy, and hi, everyone. And we are now a few weeks into the businesses being allowed to reopen, and with the further easing of restrictions that we've already mentioned, life is returning to a new normal in downtown Halifax. Businesses continue to reopen for either in-person service or for take-out and local delivery, or will be reopening soon. I'm going to talk about what to expect when you're out and about in downtown Halifax. And as Ivy mentioned, we have Hannah Bailey joining us today. Hannah is our marketing communications coordinator, and she's going to share her experiences shopping and dining in downtown downtown Halifax over the last few weeks. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to Downtown Lowdown. Hi, Alana. Thanks for having me. So, Hannah, what have you been able to do and see in downtown Halifax since businesses started opening up? Yeah, it's been really great to get out um, in the downtown area and just walk around a little bit, get a sense of what businesses are open, because many of them now are. Um, Although some of them do have reduced hours or different operating procedures. Mm -hmm. So I've been walking around, getting a sense of what's happening. um, And it's been really great as well to see the increased foot traffic downtown. Even over the last couple of weeks, I've noticed that there's a lot more people out and about. um, And everyone is still respecting the, the six feet of social distance wearing masks when we can, sanitizing as much as possible. So it's, uh, I'd say our downtown is returning to normal, or at least somewhat normal. That's great. So what have your experiences been like? Yeah, so I've, I've mostly been in and out of retail uh, businesses. For example, Urban Outfitters is one that I've been to a few times now. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into the store is a little bit different than usual, of course. Uh, when you walk in, there's a staff member who will greet you at the door um, they'll ask you to apply hand sanitizer. They're all wearing masks. They encourage us to do the same. Um, and they'll also provide you with like a personal shopping basket that you can take around the store um, and bring that up to the changing rooms with you. Of course, they have procedures in place to sanitize the clothing after uh, people try it on um, before it goes back out on the floor. So that's really great to see. Um, additionally, Biscuit, uh, I was in there a couple of days ago. They have a similar sanitized station at the front of their store. And they actually came up with the idea of a clothes quarantine. So after you try on um, some of their clothes, they put it in the back room until it's safe. Um, both of those places have lots of new stock and lots of sales stock. So I would definitely encourage people to go and check those out. That's great. 
And what about restaurants? Have you had any experiences with in-person dining or takeout service yet? And if so, what's that been like? I've definitely taken advantage of the National Takeout Day on a few occasions. Um, I've had takeout from Tally Thai, Julep, a couple of different sushi places. Um, and my experience with that is that every restaurant is a little bit different in how they're operating. Mm-hmm. The pickup processes definitely vary from place to place, but all of them are definitely respecting and responding to the public health guidelines that are changing pretty rapidly. Um, I found that signage definitely helps to clarify the situation mm-hmm. and the customer's responsibility in picking up their orders. Um, so I would just definitely encourage people to uh, take a look for signage around restaurants. For example, they may have uh, a specific door that you're supposed to enter through and a specific door that you're supposed to exit through. They will have um, plexiglass at cash registers and definitely markers on the floor is very common to see to maintain that six feet of social distance. Awesome. And have you noticed anything with like the patios? How different do they look? The patios have been great. Um, I was actually out on Argyle Street a few days ago um, and noticed that Julep has a brand new patio just around mm-hmm. the street from Argyle. Um, but since Argyle is now closed to vehicles, uh, there's been some expanded patios. So there's definitely more space to to get outside and, you know, have a little bit of more of a safer environment. And some of the patios, too, have like the dividers. I've seen some pictures of the dividers between tables and servers wearing masks and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. common. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you'd like to tell us? Um, I would just say if, if anybody's on the fence and not sure whether or not they want to go back downtown yet, I would definitely encourage them to do so. Um, I know for me, the thing I did first was go for a drive downtown and just kind of see what things look like. And it definitely made me more comfortable to go out than, you know, in person and visit these businesses. They definitely want our, our business. So any way that you can support local businesses is definitely helpful right now. That's great. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Alana. <laughs> that was Hannah Bailey, our Marketing Communications Coordinator at DHBC. And for more information on what to expect when you do start to get out and visit the restaurants and retail stores, you can visit downtownhalifax.ca slash open for a list of safety measures that many businesses have implemented. Now I'm going to give a quick rundown of what businesses have reopened since our last podcast and what is reopening soon. Copper Branch is a brand new restaurant that is open for both in-person and takeout service. They are located in the Alexander Building on Lower Water Street, and are open from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. They serve 100% plant-based power food. Follow at Copper Brand HFX on Instagram for more information. Niche Lounge in the Maritime Center has reopened, and their happy hour is back from 4 p.m. to close, and they have half-priced appetizers from 4 to 6.30 p.m. And they are working on their new patio since they moved locations within the Maritime Center. You can follow at niche.lounge on Instagram to keep up to date. Freeman's Little New York on Grafton Street is reopened and they have a patio. Visit freemanspizza.ca for more information. The Midtown Tavern on the corner of Grafton and Carmichael is also reopened again. Follow at Midtown Boomers on Instagram for more information. And more of the kiosks in the Salt Yard on the Waterfront Boardwalk are reopened now for the season, including Cow's Ice Cream, Catch Seafood, Smokes Patinery, Heartwood Restaurant, and more. They also have a limited number of tables spaced two meters apart, so you can sit there now. In terms of what is opening soon, the Halifax Ale House and the HFX Sports Bar are both reopening on Thursday, June 25th. You can follow at HFX Sports and at Halifax Ale House on Instagram to keep up to date. The Carlton is also reopening their doors and summer patio on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays beginning on Thursday, June 25th at 4 p.m. They're going to have some physically distanced live music, food and drinks. You can follow at Carlton Halifax on Instagram or visit thecarlton.ca for more information. In terms of retail, as already mentioned, Biscuit General Store is officially reopened for in-person shopping with new hours. 
They're also offering private shopping appointments where you can have the store to yourself with one or two members of their team. And they still have their one-on-one shopping remotely with FaceTime with contact-free pickup from their location on Argyle Street. You can follow at Biscuit General on Instagram to keep up to date. Maps and More and Summit Place and Lower Water has reopened. Also with reduced hours, you can follow at Maps and More on Twitter to keep up to date. The Loop on Barrington Street has reopened with new hours. Their online store is also still up and running, and in-store pickup is still an option. Follow at The Loop Halifax for more information. Lisa Drader Murphy's flagship store in the historic property is open again with new hours. They're also offering private shopping experiences on Thursdays and Fridays by appointment. They're asking that all customers wear a mask that cover their nose and mouth when they shop in person. You can follow at Lisa Drader Murphy on Instagram or visit lisadraderMurphy.com to keep up to date. And finally, Audrey's 2 and Bishop's Landing has reopened for in-person service. They're also asking customers to wear a mask when entering their store. Visit audreysplantshop.com for more information. So switching gears, Reopen City is starting this Saturday, June 27th, and is running weekends until Sunday, July 19th. All businesses in downtown Halifax are invited to take part in this initiative. And for everyone else, this initiative is being organized by I Love Local HFX and Develop Nova Scotia and is a great opportunity to get out and explore the city and support local businesses that are starting to get back on their feet again. For more information to see what businesses are participating or if you're a business that would like to participate, visit opencityhalifax.ca. So Canada Day is coming up on July 1st. It's on a Wednesday this year. And the mayor, Mike Savage, and members of the Regional Council are inviting all residents to join in the first virtual Canada Day celebrations. So Halifax was selected by Canadian Heritage and CBC to take part in a National Unity Canada Day celebration that will be featured as part of the Ottawa national coverage. HRM is also hosting celebrations with contests, music, performances, and activities for the whole family. Performances will begin at 7 p.m. on HRM's YouTube page and HFX Civic Events Facebook page, which is at HRM Civic Events. Plus, Eastling is featuring a live broadcast on TV. For more information, visit hrmcanadaday.ca. So that sounds like a super exciting event, and I suggest that you get out and visit a patio in downtown Halifax during the day on Canada Day, then grab some takeout to watch the celebrations from home. Just an idea. Finally, if you haven't already, I would suggest that you download the free Get in the Loop app, Downtown Halifax is a new loop featuring close to 30 businesses with exclusive offers and promotions. Visit downtownhalifax.ca slash get in the loop for more information. And that's it for me. Downtown Lowdown will be taking a short hiatus and return on July 14th. Some of our regular pre-pandemic segments like BizBuzz, Shameless Self-Promotion, Pros on Cons, and Blatant Propaganda will make a comeback as the economy opens up even more and with the stability that comes with the easing of restrictions. We will also return to our bi-weekly schedule instead of a weekly COVID-19 episode. So don't miss us too much. We'll be back on July 14th. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. 